This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, June 26th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show... This reckless social behavior is going to harm the whole state. It's going to harm the businesses in the state. It's going to harm our economy, and it's going to cause unnecessary deaths. As Mississippi soars to its highest single-day report of COVID-19 cases, top health officials assess the potential dangers on the horizon. Then lawmakers are under mounting pressure to take action on the state flag. And athletic leadership descends upon the Capitol to send a unified message to change the flag. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. State health officials are sounding the alarm over rising cases of COVID-19. Yesterday, the Mississippi Department of Health reported 1,092 new cases of the disease, a number nearly double the previous high. A state that took 96 days to reach 20,000 cases is now on pace to reach 30,000 in just a two-week span. State epidemiologist Dr. Paul Byers says the high numbers are a result of widespread community expression. I think it's important to understand that we've seen some increases in some counties, but the reality is is that this 1,000 cases are not tied to any one particular event. They're not tied to any one particular county. We are seeing community transmission throughout Mississippi. And really, honestly, one of the big reasons we're seeing community transmission is because people are still not social distancing. They're still not wearing masks. They're still coming together in very large groups, parties, barbecues, social events, and these aren't even really associated with necessarily businesses. These are transmission that's occurring out in the community. Guys, this is something that we can really have an impact on if we all buy in to doing those things that that really are necessary to prevent transmission. State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says if the pace of new cases and hospitalizations continue, it could begin to strain the state's health system sooner than expected. We have seen significant stress on the health system. And then over the past couple of days, we've seen the highest number of hospitalized patients as well. Um, not so much ICU utilization, but there's a, there's a sequence from hospitalization then to ICU. And I'm, I'm absolutely terrified that we're going to overwhelm the health care system, the hospitals and ICU, not in the fall, which is something that had worried me previously, but I'm worried about next week or two weeks from now. We're already tight. We have a massively growing uh, population of infected people that are going to transmit it more and more uh, to older folks and, and people who are going to have severe adverse outcomes. Um, this reckless social behavior is going to harm the whole state. It's going to harm the businesses in the state. It's going to harm our economy, and it's going to cause unnecessary deaths. And um, just we just got to do those simple things or we're going to pay the price. 
One area where the state has seen success in containing and weeding out the virus in recent weeks is long-term care facilities. Dr. Byers says health officials have worked hard to eradicate the disease from those facilities, but worries the new wave of transmission could result in new cases and deaths. I think one of the things that we've seen and one of the things that we have worked very hard to do over the last several weeks is have an impact on cases in our long-term care settings and an impact in the deaths that occur among long-term care residents. If you look at our data, you see that our deaths are going down. You can also see that we're having a decreasing number of long-term care outbreaks. We're also seeing a decreased number of cases among long-term care residents. But it will not be surprising if we start to see increases in deaths again and impacts on long-term care settings. So the things that we need to do are we need to continue those things that we've said we, we need to do from the very beginning. We need to wear masks. We need to social distance. We need to avoid large gatherings. We need to think about those gatherings that we're going to. Something as simple as a, as a party can result in, in transmission to, to hundreds of folks that can have ripple effects down the line. Mississippi is not alone in the recent spikes of COVID-19 cases. States like Arizona and Florida are also experiencing increased rates of new cases. President Donald Trump, in a series of public events, has attributed the rise in new cases to ramped up testing. Dr. Dobbs says that isn't the case in Mississippi. Our testing rates are relatively stable now compared to a month ago. I mean, if you look at the number of tests we've done, we're not doing any more tests than we did a month ago. Um, at least not, not not significantly. We did a lot more tests when we had the nursing home push, but that the percentage positive, that was very low. We're seeing a ton more cases. Our percent positive is higher. We're seeing in, uh, you know significant uh, hospital utilization and increased cases on our COVID-like illness within our surveillance system. We're seeing increases. I mean, every indicator is up, right? I mean, we can stick our head in the sand and try to find excuses so that we don't have to modify our behaviors. But it doesn't change the truth. The truth is there's a lot of COVID out there. It's killing people. It's going to kill a lot of people, and it's going to stress out our healthcare system. That is just reality. And if people don't want to acknowledge it, then, you know, I hope that when they go to the ICU and want care, that there's care available for them. When asked about the support from the Trump administration in its efforts to test, Dr. Dobbs says aside from supplies, it has been Mississippi's frontline clinicians leading the testing effort. They've never um, helped us with that. They've, they've given us supplies and stuff, but we've done all of our own uh, testing support uh, here. Are we planning on ramping testing up now that we're seeing more cases? Um, yeah, well, we're, we're, we're going to do testing where we have to do it. Certainly, we're going to target it. A lot of, uh, here's the other thing about this, the testing. I want everybody to know. Most testing is, not coming, is in doctor's office because people are coming in sick. We're not out there drumming up a lot of people who aren't symptomatic. Uh, we do, so, like, we, we call it a good bit, you know, from the nursing home and stuff, and we do check some asymptomatic people through the drive throughs but it's people who are sick. That's what's triggering the test, and that's why we're finding them in these clinics. Our, our docs and nurse practitioners and clinics have done a fantastic job providing the service. Um, and there's there's broader availability to testing mm-hmm. now yeah. as well uh, compared to, to where just a, just a month ago. And, and, and that's the best place for it to be because then you have testing in every in every location um, uh, with a lot faster turnaround. And so I'd just like to commend our, our health system and our frontline physicians and nurse practice and clinics for doing the great job they're doing. 
Mississippi currently has 24,516 reported cases of COVID-19 with 1,016 deaths. 18 to 29-year-olds now account for more cases than any other age demographic in the state. Coming up, lawmakers are under mounting pressure to take action on the state flag. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. If you're a parent on the go, but still want to stay informed about your children's education, subscribe to Mississippi Education Connections podcast and listen on the go anytime, anywhere on your favorite podcast app. Hey, this is Malcolm White. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week we talk with visual artists, musicians, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi lawmakers are under mounting pressure from religious groups, big business and athletic conferences to remove Confederate imagery from the state's official banner. As MPB's Michael Guidry reports, for many Mississippians, the state flag remains a constant reminder of a long history of violence and oppression. We need a flag that unites us and not divides us. We need a flag Members of Mississippi's Legislative Black Caucus speak in turn on the steps of the state capitol in Jackson. Atop the building's dome is a copper eagle facing south and raised high above the manicured lawn is the state flag. It's a flag at the center of what has become a national conversation. Senate Minority Leader Derek Simmons of Greenville and the members of the caucus gathered beneath it want it gone. Now is the time to act to remove and replace that Confederate flag. Weeks ago, when the death of George Floyd ignited protests across the nation against police violence and systemic racism, It also re-energized a debate over a state flag that prominently includes Confederate iconography. For many Mississippians, especially black Mississippians, the inclusion of the Confederate battle emblem on the state's official banner is an affront to their experiences and sensitivities. To them, it represents a legacy of violence and oppression against the state's black communities. I'm old enough to have watched and lived through the Civil Rights Movement. Uh, I also have personal experiences with the terrorism and the violence that the flag represents. House Minority Leader Robert Johnson, a Democrat from Natchez, was a child during the tumultuous civil rights movement. He says his childhood experiences with terrorism and violence led him to associate the flag with hatred. A good friend of mine's father was blown up with a car bomb, and I watched people celebrate that way, the Confederate flags. Uh, I, I watched people wave a Confederate flag as a way of intimidating people, even in, in, in the most innocuous of circumstances. During much of the 20th century, Organizations closely linked with white supremacy used the Confederate battle flag as a tool of intimidation and coercion. The Ku Klux Klan marched with it. The White Citizens Council displayed it on stationery and in television advertisements, crossed with the American flag. This imagery, according to Dr. Stephanie Rolfe of Millsaps College, was to normalize the association of white exceptionalism with the American experience. They are reiterating what they believe to be a fact, which is that racism or the belief in white supremacy is not unique to the Deep South. They believe that that it's endemic to the American system. The Mississippi legislature adopted the current flag in 1894, nearly 30 years after the Civil War ended. During the prior period of Reconstruction, 
wealthy white landowners began to feel their political prowess challenged by newly elected black freedmen. By the 1890s, powerful whites were using racist rhetoric to curry favor with their poorer counterparts, accompanying that message with the Confederate emblem. You begin to see white leaders step into these spaces and kind of use racist language and racial threats um, as a way to kind of energize that poor white base into voting for them. Many advocates of the current Mississippi flag in the legislature acknowledge the pressure on the state to take some type of action. But members like Republican Representative Tim Ladner of Poplarville say it should be the people, not lawmakers, who make the decision whether or not to change the flag. I, I tell people all the time, this is not my vote. It belongs to the people in my district. All I do is cast that vote for them, and they're telling me they want to make that choice. Republican Governor Tate Reeves has long taken the position that any decision to change the flag should be made by the people, as it was during a 2001 referendum. But in a Facebook post Wednesday evening, he indicated for the first time that he probably would not stand in the way if legislators whip up a supermajority to change the flag. Others hesitant to act, like Republican Bubba Carpenter of Tishomingo County, say racism resides in the heart and a rush to take down the flag won't stop it. I feel like that our problems in this country is not the flag. I think it's in our heart. You know, until people change their hearts, I don't think you're going to have any. The flag taking it down is not going to stop people's uh, uh, hatred and, you know, things of that nature. But recently, even the most conservative organizations are seeing this as a time for change. This week, the Mississippi Baptist Convention, with over half a million members, released a statement urging lawmakers to change the flag. During a press conference, Executive Director Sean Parker called the flag a moral issue. While some may see the current flag as a celebration of heritage... A significant portion of our state sees it as a relic of racism and a symbol of hatred. The racial overtones of the flag's appearance make this discussion a moral issue. And it isn't just religious institutions. The Mississippi Economic Council and Bankers Association have also gone on record, saying the legislature should act soon. The NCAA even revised its policy on the Confederate flag, updating it to prohibit all postseason competition in states that display the image. The mounting pressure from both internal and external sources is leaving lawmakers looking for answers. Representative Robert Johnson wants to act now, avoiding a potentially toxic public referendum. He says his colleagues across the aisle shouldn't fear what he calls a vocal minority. You should not be afraid of them. Look at everything that people say. Look at the young people in this state and what they say, what, what, they, what matters to them. The future matters to them. The legislature, whose calendar was pushed back due to the coronavirus pandemic, plans to conclude its session next week. Michael Guidry, MPB News. Coming up, athletic leadership descends upon the Capitol to send a unified message to change the flag. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Since 1970, MPB has been there for Mississippi. And as we look back on 50 years of service, your support is the reason we're still here. Now in a time when reliable news and information is more valuable than ever, show your support and help us continue this work. Visit mpbonline.org today and give, so for the next 50 years, we can keep Mississippi as our mission.
This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Coaches and athletic directors from Mississippi's eight public colleges and universities are calling on state legislators to change the flag. Last week, the NCAA revised its longstanding policy on the Confederate flag, updating it to prohibit all postseason competition in states that display the image. During a press conference at the Capitol, coaches presented a unified message that the time has come to act. Mississippi State women's basketball coach Nikki McRae says her playing and coaching experience has been rooted in the South. I know firsthand what it feels like to see a Confederate flag and pretend it doesn't have a racist, violent, violent or oppressive overtone. It screams hate and it hurts me to my core. Our student athletes and our entire student body don't just commit to compete and represent Mississippi State. They commit and compete in representing the entire state of Mississippi. One of the reasons I came to Mississippi State is because I knew we could be successful. Change is important for success of our athletics programs and our university and our entire state. The ruling by the SEC and NCAA affects us greatly, and we can't be an elite program without hosting postseason events. Our entire student body could potentially be adversely affected by this symbol of hatred. Mississippi State University's mission of diversity, inclusion, and equal opportunity is hampered by this symbol of hatred. Kermit Davis, head coach of the University of Mississippi's men's basketball team, is a Mississippi native. He says now's the time to center around what unites Mississippians. You know, I think we got to get to a place that what do we all agree on? We all agree that we'd love to have a state that has great pride. We all agree on that. We'd love to have a state that is flourishing economically, business-wise, and educational. And for that to happen, we all know that the flag needs to change. We'd all like a state to where we could all recruit the very best athletes in the state of Mississippi and recruit the best athletes all over the country, whether it's at Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, Jackson State, Alcorn Valley, and all the other great colleges in our state. We all know what good athletics on the field and in the courts in our state means. We've seen it. How it affects our towns and cities and those colleges economically. How it affects student enrollment. How it affects national publicity. So we we know that that time for a change is now. House Speaker Republican Philip Gunn joined the coaches in the rotunda, saying Mississippi's image is at stake. This entire state is screaming for change. This entire state, all the business leaders, the religious leaders, the athletic leaders, the citizens are screaming for change. This is an issue that needs to be resolved and resolved quickly. The longer it goes, the more it festers and the harder it's going to be later on. The image of our state is at stake here, ladies and gentlemen. The nation is watching. They want to know what we as a state stand for. And this image has been co-opted by those who wish to use it to represent hatred and racism. 
John Cohen has been a player and coach at Mississippi State and now serves as its athletic director. He tells our Kobe Vance the solidarity among solidarity among the state's coaches and athletics department is a call on legislators to do the right thing. Well, I thought we had two great speakers, Nikki McCray-Penson from Mississippi State, Coach Davis uh, from Ole Miss, and I, I thought they did a great job of, of with their message. Um, I also think that the, the speaker Gunn said it best. We can. There are economic factors with this. There are educational factors with this. There are all kinds of factors. The biggest issue is doing the right thing, and we all believe, to a man and a woman, that this is the right thing. That we need change. And so, as you've uh, as you've seen these past few weeks, the NCAA uh, issued their le- their uh, their message. Um, what is your thoughts on that? Well, I I feel really bad for our administration, for our coaches, uh, for our staff, but most of all for the student athletes. If you get a chance to host in the postseason, it's because you earned it, especially with the NCAA. You earned that, and I don't want anything to be taken away from our student athletes that they went out and earned. But I do understand. This is bigger than athletics. Um, This is a moment in time where history needs to be made, and we need to be on the right side of history. And I I just think this this is crucial for not only the future of our athletic department, but for the future of the state of Mississippi. And how do you think this will impact uh, Mississippi athletics if this flag is not changed today or or soon? You know, I don't want to even consider that at this moment because I have too much faith in our government and I have too much faith in the people of the state of Mississippi. I know how many people in the state want this changed, and I I applaud them, I appreciate them, and I've just, again, I, I'm i going to believe that the, the glass is half full. And so what do you think this, if they change the flag, not just for the, you know, the NCAA decision, do you think this is going to impact students at all? Oh, there's no question. How can it not? Um, I think it'll impact everything. Um, but again, the people—who are the people who can make change, and who are the people who will demand change, and, and who are the people who can suffer as a result if there's not change? Uh, I think those are the things that that really need to be considered. John Cohen is the director of athletics at Mississippi State University. Dianthea Ford-Key, athletic director at Mississippi Valley State University, says all eight IHL institutions are united to stand for students and the entire state. She says HBCUs like Valley State are equipped with the spirit to lead this effort and break down barriers. I think this speaks volumes for our commitment as an association in the NCAA. Uh, We have this new phrase, NCAA united as one for all the H of all eight IHL institutions to come and stand and support this platform, which is good for our entire state and for all that's involved in intercollegiate athletics. is It's over the top because it tells our student athletes we are committed to giving them the same opportunities as all other student athletes in other states. We value what they bring to the state of Mississippi. And what do you think uh, changing the flag could mean for historically black colleges and universities in Mississippi? I think it's very important from the perspective that oppression, 
has been forthgoing all of my life. I'm a baby boomer. And to be able to come to the state of Mississippi and continue to watch the injustice, not just here, but across the world, uh, it means volume. When we speak and stand and say, this is not appropriate, it is not good for all who are citizens of this state and all that visit this state, it sends a message of hate, which I don't believe the majority of this state really feel that way. You know, being kind to one another is not difficult. And respecting differences is not difficult. You know, we all have to be okay with the fact that we all are different, but we all value the same things in life. And that is the opportunity to be successful and to be able to enjoy whatever it is in life that we choose to do. And what conversations have y'all been having with y'all students at the school uh, about this uh, decision? Uh, we've been reminding our students that we have been a diverse community from the start. You know, we were founded because we didn't have the opportunity to go to majority schools. And that is why I made the statement about being proud of being an HBCU graduate. Because if it had not been for that, I wouldn't have the opportunity to be the director of athletics at Mississippi Valley State. And because of what, the, because of that nurturing that I received and given the peer direction on how to break down barriers and be proud of where you come from, it is very easy for us to embrace anyone else that comes to our university that's of, of a different ethnicity, come from a different state, and they under, we understand what it means to treat people as equals. Tyanthea Ford-Key is the Director of Athletics at Mississippi Valley State University. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.